Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 87, Resurrection Race. You've got just five seconds to say one thing about the life of Jesus. What's it going to be? Christ died or Christ is risen? Come with me back to my teenage church. Glenside Timpot Tabernacle, North Manchester, was a brethren assembly with no minister but voluntary leaders. The three elders, they liked that word because of its New Testament high ground from which they could look down on the hired hands of established religion, were all very good to me. Mr Very Grey was older and more died in the wool brethren. The very word church made him winced. He preferred to talk about our assembly. Perhaps when he was feeling generous, he might have tolerated the word fellowship. He seemed to be more taken with denominational vocabulary than the big themes of Christianity. But the real energetic leadership came from two men in their 40s. Let's call them Doctrinal Dave and Peter Piper. They had a big vision of the Christian faith, all right, but they had slightly different emphasis. Dave loved doctrine. He preached long exegetical sermons and drilled us in a fairly narrow, muscular Protestant theology shaped by John Calvin. Teacher by occupation, he emphasised a ministry of Bible teaching and sound theology. He talked a lot about the death of Christ. He liked his atonement theories and he did not go light on sin or judgment. Peter Piper was quite a different animal to Doctrinal Dave. Peter played the piano, not just with his fingers, but every fibre of his being. He loved emotional hymns and would choke up with devotional drama. He felt the faith strongly. Sometimes you thought he was going to break down at the piano and weep all over the keyboard. He was brighter of temperament and more optimistic by nature. His religion was more devotional than doctrinal. His preaching would emphasise how little we know and how much God loves us, how we mess things up, but God rescues us time and again. He talked more about the resurrection of Christ than his death. He was more soft focus on the detail than Dave, but you really felt the personal conviction coming through. Both Dave and Peter were fine Christian leaders in my book. They did demanding jobs, had families of their own with children about my age who were good friends of mine, and they ran their church in their spare time, and it was well run. There was no question in my mind that this church was better run than the Anglican parish church I came from with a full-time paid vicar. And their preaching was better than his. When I meet them in later life, and I'm afraid these days it's usually at a funeral. Sadly, the last time I saw Dave was at Peter's. I've always made a point of saying to them as they get older the same thing every time. I compose myself, I look them in the eye, and then I say, 
Thank you for all you did for me as a teenager. For me, these men were giants of faith, and I love them both. But I've always seen them as contrasting types of Christian. Now, of course, both men would believe in both Jesus' death and his resurrection. But doctrinal day was more a crucifixion Christian, whilst Peter was more of a resurrection Christian. There was a difference of emphasis. Of course, there have been centuries of Christian theologians who would say, if you want to get the whole story of salvation, you've got to have both the death of Jesus and his resurrection. But I think they are each such big, bold beliefs, each in their own right, each with an emotional world of its own, that it's no surprise to me that people often go with one rather than the other in their heart. Peter Piper was the classic temperament of a resurrection Christian, whilst doctrinal Dave was by nature drawn the other way. On Church Ahead, we're doing a deep dive into the resurrection this year, having focused last year on the cross. Last year, I gave you the backstory of how these two great themes have interacted throughout Christian history. In episode 53, Cross Centre, which was on the 3rd of March 2023. If you want the serious version, go back there. But here comes, just for a bit of fun, just for today, a lighter version. I want you to imagine that the 2,000 year history of Christianity is a horse race. There are two horses in this race. Yes, the first horse is a fine filly called Good Friday. And the second horse is, yes, you've guessed it, Easter Sunday. I know Orthodox preachers have always stressed the unity of these two beliefs, but I'm convinced that there often is a competition between the two in people's heads and hearts. My Tim Pot Tabernacle was perhaps the first place I noticed this subtle tension, but certainly not the last. Nearly all Christians agree that the final weekend of Jesus' life changed the world. But the way they tell that story and the emphasis on Friday or Sunday can vary enormously. So, the two horses are lined up on the starting line. Jerusalem, 30 AD. On one side, death, which is called Good Friday. And on the other side, the resurrection horse, whose name is Easter Sunday. Oh, and did I tell you that Dave and Peter are in the bookies putting down a wager on the race? I'd be very surprised if either of those middle-class Christian gentlemen ever went into a betting shop. You'd be more likely to find them in the bursar's office of a private school whilst they're putting down money on school fees. But I just can't help imagining, just imagine that they did. And if they were tempted to put a fiver on something... It would be more likely a Christian version like this rather than a four-legged animal at Newmarket. I think my money's safe as houses, says Peter. Easter Sunday's a banker. Oh no, Dave says. Christ died for our sins, not just to show us the resurrection. Surely it's Jesus' death that's going to win. The anticipation's hotting up. Now I'd like to make some money here, so... I think I'm going to stand back and watch the first couple of laps. 
before putting down a tenor of my own. So, they're under starter's orders. Ready, steady, go! And they're off. They're striding out as they pick up their pace. These are elite thoroughbred horses. Whether you describe them as historical event or theological belief, they're amongst the most important religious claims this world has ever heard. These creatures are elite, all right, and they're going to run fast and a long way. Jesus didn't have much to say about either horse, so neither horse is favoured over the other by him. So it's a fair and equal start as they gallop off the first few furlongs. But what about Jesus' apostles? Their preaching in the book of Acts emphasises what? Which horse do we see flying fastest in the New Testament era? We can see resurrection pick up pace in the New Testament decades, perhaps from a slow start. The first gospel, Mark, is light on resurrection appearances, but by the time we get to John, it's much heavier. Quite early on, the emerging church worked out that what they wanted to say about the end of Jesus' life was that God raised him from the dead. This was the major theme of apostolic preaching and the New Testament epistles. 1 Peter 3, verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who's given us new birth into a new hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. What about that other great apostle, St Paul? Romans 10. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right then, well that settles it for me. I think I've made my mind up. Christianity is supposed to be based on the Bible and the New Testament seems to give the emphasis to the resurrection. Right, I'm going into that betting shop right now and I'm going to put £10 down on Easter Sunday. I'm with you, Peter Piper. I think our money is very safe. Now, this is a really long race. There are lots of laps. There's one lap for each century of Christian history. I hope I haven't called it too soon. Right, we're on the fifth lap, and there's some pesky North African Christian called St Augustine banging on about original sin. And that appears to be giving Good Friday faster legs. Oh no, it's the ninth lap now and the Holy Roman Emperor Charlemagne is bullying Saxon Christians and the world seems to want to talk much more about Jesus' death, both for the perpetrators and the victims of this dreadful violence. Oh no, it looks as though that Good Friday horse is in the lead. We're on the 11th and 12th laps now and Abelard and Anselm and all the big guns All want to talk about the atonement, the meaning of Jesus' death. But no one's talking about the meaning of the resurrection. The Good Friday horse is really ahead now. What about the 15th and 16th laps for the Reformation? Now I'm afraid the gap widens even further. Ah, but in the 20th century, the resurrection makes a little bit of a comeback. In the 1980s, people are talking about the resurrection. Let's go to Durham in 1984. A fine young theologian is studying away in the university and this civilised ecclesiastical kingdom was respectably quiet until the appointment of one David Jenkins as Bishop of Durham in 1984. He famously asked the church 
to see the Easter miracle as something more than a conjuring trick with bones, I quote. We were not interested in his opinions about how resurrection might be more than a trick with bones, but were worried that he might be conceding that it was less than a powerful world-changing miracle. Jokes like this circulated in the Christian Union. It's Easter Sunday lunchtime, and Bishop David Jenkins has just got home from preaching his Easter sermon in the cathedral about a conjuring trick. On the phone is a tearful Pope from Rome. It's really terrible, says the Pope. 2,000 years of Christianity are finished. Archaeologists in Jerusalem have found a grave with the body of Jesus Christ. The, the evidence is indisputable. We're finished. And there are 100,000 pilgrims outside in St Peter's Square waiting for me to go out and give them the Easter blessing. But what can I say if Jesus is no longer risen? Oh no, says David Jenkins. That's no problem. At least we know now that he really did exist. The implication was that someone who doubted the physical resurrection had no real attachment to Jesus at all. They were effectively agnostic about Jesus, a de facto unbeliever. The timing of this scandal was great for me because I'd fallen out with my tutor in the theological department and we were both on the anti-Jenkins side and so this gave us the opportunity to start making common cause and talking to one another again. For traditional Christians like us, the resurrection was exhibit number one in our case for Christianity being based on the objective facts of history rather than subjective fantasy or what people felt. We thought our new bishop was undermining the very heart of our faith. There was a sharp controversy between conservative and liberal Christians about the historicity of the resurrection. But beyond this, the meaning of the resurrection was of no interest to most people. No one ever talked about what it all meant. We had no interest in how the resurrection might be more than a conjuring trick or what the conjuring trick might actually mean. What mattered was the divine conjuring trick really did happen in 30 AD, proving that the Christian gospel is true in 1984. So in the 20th century, the horse Good Friday was being talked about, but was not really making much headway in the race. Durham is not really the centre of the English-speaking Christian world. What about across the Atlantic in America? Well, in the 20th century, Christians were talking a lot about a word that begins with R and plays a significant role in our salvation. That was not the resurrection, though. That was rapture, which, even though it's hardly got any biblical basis, dominated 20th century American Christianity far more than resurrection. As we come to the end of the race on the 21st lap in the 21st century, Christians don't seem to show any greater interest in the resurrection. Conservative Christians think it proves who Jesus is, but see little reason to probe what it actually means. Liberal Christians seem to think the word myth is all that needs to be said. 
They will debate with each other whether the something that must have happened to galvanise the early church was an objective experience or subjective, i.e. was it something seen with the eyes or with the imagination. But very rarely do they talk about what this big, bold belief actually means. I think liberal Christians have been complacent in confining their efforts to showing the mythical nature of the New Testament resurrection accounts, as though this were the main issue. Of course the resurrection is a myth in the sense of a story pregnant with religious meaning. The questions don't end there, that's just the beginning. The really important questions start here. Is it a good myth? How well does it work in helping people live mortal lives on this earth? How does this myth shape the experience of knowing God the Christian way? How does belief in resurrection affect the way we face death? Religion is not short of myths. The question is, how good is this one? After nearly 2,000 years, resurrection has been around long enough for us to make an assessment of how well it works. As we finish this 20 and a bit lap race, it's really not looking very good for Peter Piper or myself. We've staked £15 on this horse, but nobody seems to be interested. Americans are more interested in the rapture. Catholics in most of the world are more interested in the Virgin Mary. Protestant Christians are more interested in Jesus' death, atonement and heaven. Nobody seems to be very interested in resurrection or what it stands for or what it means. The truth is, I've flattered the resurrection by saying that it's one horse in a two-horse race. It probably wouldn't even come in third or fourth of the major themes of the Christian religion thus far. Despite its promising start in the New Testament, resurrection has lost out to crucifixion. I'm really sorry, Peter, but I think today you and me have lost £15 and Doctrinal Dave has made money. Forget horses, what does 2,000 years of Christianity look like? The view of Christianity is dominated by a cross rather than an empty tomb. And I don't think that's a false binary. I think it was always going to be one or the other. So I think we better start taking the resurrection apart and looking at it in depth and detail. Thank you for listening to episode 87. Next week, what does resurrection mean?